This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the Howdy Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with the very first Thrive intern turned business partner and fellow serial idea and business launcher, Hamza Abdallah. If you have been following the Thrive brand, you know who Hamza is, but if you are new to us, he's a legend of a human being who you'd never guess would be entering his senior year of college. He is someone who is wise beyond his years, and I'm extremely excited to bring him on the show to discuss what life is currently like for a full-time college scholar who has also utilized his entrepreneurial skills and his projects to showcase his resume rather than relying on the traditional systems and institutions in place. No matter if you're in college or you have a full-time corporate career, you can learn a lot from Hamza about how to start and manage multiple aspects of your life all at once. So let's tune into the combo and give it up for Hamza Abdallah. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here back with another Thrive on Life podcast episode. And today I'm welcoming one of my uh, good friends and mentees back to Austin, Texas. Yes, He's been in hiding in Irving. Where is it? Yeah, Irving, Dallas. Yeah, Irving, Texas. <laughs> Dallas. I would say Dallas, but Dallas. Irving. How close is that to Dallas? It's like 20 minutes away from downtown. Okay. Yeah. So today, Hamza and I are going to kind of discuss what it's like going into his last semester of college. One of the things we like to do here on the podcast is kind of catch up with people in different times of their lives. And Hamza's been on the podcast before, and we literally recorded on, what was it, like a, uh, when we were with Faya's in my living room. Oh, uh, with the blender. Spatula. Yeah, no, spatula. No, a, no, a, uh, a whisk. Oh, yeah, 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 a whisk, a whisk, a whisk, a whisk. <laughs> so just a little backstory before we get into it. Before I had the headsets and the recorder and the full setup, I was using lav mics on my phone and we were trying to do a three-person podcast and we only had two lav mics. So what we did was we attached one lav mic to the whisk and then we handed the whisk around. Super ghetto, but it worked and I'm just happy to kind of be here now. And if you're watching this 
on YouTube or you're watching some of the content, you'll see we have a blank wall behind us right now. That should be getting fixed this weekend where we're going to start painting and getting all the aesthetic down in the new studio. So super hyped for that. But today I'd love to welcome you, Hamza, back to the podcast. How are you? How's summer been? How's life been? And then I'm going to ask you some kind of personal questions to help the audience out there and then yes, learn more sir. about you. Yes, sir. No, life's been uh, amazing. Thank God. Nothing to complain about. Quarantine was a really weird time, but, uh, you know, it, it felt like a movie, but it's okay. I've been kind of under a rock, <laughs> as a lot of my friends have been saying, and uh, as you've been on my ass about whenever we talk. As someone that, you know, creates content and is on social a lot, I've gone underground a bit for the last quite few months. And I never really understood when people say that creating content and documenting your journey is tough. And while building a business, I experienced that firsthand. I mean, it's not that just because it's tough, you shouldn't do it. It's just, it's hard. And I experienced the hard difficulty of it. So I, <laughs> I decided to just uh, go underground. But for the past three months, I've been building a new marketing agency. It's called Catalyde's Systems. Uh, and it's a real estate marketing agency specifically geared towards helping real estate agents automate and completely get hands off of their marketing and sales pipeline. So that's what I've been working on and just focused on growing. And of course, just hyped to be back in ATX, bro. Haven't seen you in a minute and the whole startup circle. So just excited to create again. This is basically my initiation of popping my head out again. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, man, I'm excited to actually showcase the journey and what I've been doing the past three months. And yeah, share that. Yeah, you mentioned something there about like documenting and executing at yeah. the same time. So yeah. like executing on business. And one of the things that I like to kind of inform creators on is you don't necessarily have to be putting out every single day, but you should be recording every single day. I will day. tell you this. Yeah, I've been recording my camera roll. I have a 64 GB iPhone. It's full right now. I just need to get that edited. So I am proud of one thing is that I recorded a lot of back end. I just never put it out. So yeah. I think so, you'll be proud of me for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I'm always proud. Yes, it's sir. just I'm here to kick you in the butt. Hell and, yeah. And I like that. I appreciate that. And yeah, it's the things that we all struggle with. I mean, I have right now a hard drive, a 10 terabyte drive that I'm just throwing videos on from this podcast because I don't even have the ability to get as much out as I want to. But eventually one day I want to hire somebody to go through and yep. start getting those out to the different channels that will find them valuable. So as long as you have that content, so if you're listening to this and you are building anything really in 2021 and beyond, like documenting that process and telling stories around that will one, help you build your team yep. and build like a rallying cry around what you're doing and ultimately help your customers see that journey and build trust, which is if you listen to the last podcast with Corey Lawson, we talked a lot about building trust with your customers and your clients. So the number one way that you do that is by recording content for your yeah. clients to see where they see you're just a normal human being that's trying to hustle and grind and provide as much value as possible to the market. But let's get right into it. Heck yeah. Today, I got a couple questions for you revolving around entrepreneurship, college, and just like in general, I have no idea what it's like to be in college right now. Um, <laughs> crazy enough, it's I'm going on a decade since I uh, really was like in the thick of it yeah. there, which is crazy to me. But something that I want to pick your brain on is currently in college, what you've been learning, and now that you're going into your last semester, what is something that you wished was taught in the university atmosphere that you've had to learn on your own? Oof, okay. 
Now, this is subjective and this is, I don't mean to generalize, but this is uh, in accordance with my experience. And again, I'm, for context, I'm in business school. I'm a finance major. I wish uh, they taught us how to be disruptive in creating attention and retaining that attention from people. Sadly, unfortunately, a lot of my peers would uh, agree with me. It's, it's sort of that business school kind of puts you in a box of what it means to be a perfect candidate for, you know, the top three consulting firms or Goldman Sachs to hire you. But I feel like whenever I resort to genuine and more organic methods, it just always yields the best results. And I feel, you know, hanging out with you and the other, you know, peeps in the startup circle, I've learned more from you guys about networking and connecting with people and life hacking your way into opportunities that you want. And I feel like the people in business school that have gotten even the consulting internships, investment banking internships, they've kind of life hacked in their own way, but not necessarily from something that they learned in school. Just to give a live example, I hope my <laughs> professor doesn't see this. Not going <laughs> to name drop or anything. It's an internship course credit. Basically, it's the internship credit. And there's a post-reflection assignment. And it's about perfecting your LinkedIn profile and making it look clean and nice. And right now, I have my LinkedIn profile optimized in a manner where I'm doing outbound messaging. And when real estate agents click on my profile, I want them to know that what I do, uh, see testimonials and sort of like it's optimized for that manner. But when I went on the rubric and criteria for the LinkedIn assignment, it was completely not opposite, but just very generic and kind of in the box, I would like to say. And I emailed and, you know, I asked, would you like me to create another profile? Because I don't want to change this. It's for my business. What do you recommend? And it was just like, this has been created by the working faculty of our school and your grade will be graded as such to the criteria. Basically, in other words, just do just do as you're told. You know what I mean? So that kind of just a given. And I would go to the dean, like the, literally. <laughs> so here's my plan. I mean, like, you know, hopefully, <laughs> God forbid, like doesn't grade me down on that, because if that's the in my way of graduation, I'm going to go off. But yeah, I hopefully that kind of gives an anecdote to that point. Like, I wish we were taught on how to life hack your way into opportunities, how to create attention for yourself and how to retain that attention. In today's world, that would be creating content. I don't think anyone in business school knows how to create content. And that doesn't necessarily mean making YouTube videos or whatever, but creating content to bring attention to yourself and building that authority and so on and so forth. I think the key word there is you just said authority. And yeah. people don't look at it like that. They look at it like my resume right. back in the day was my authority. But what they don't realize is that like I can go and pay someone to write my resume. Yeah. I can't pay somebody to record me on video and like actually showcase what am I actually doing. And that's where you can get that leg up. I think in real life now, people don't view it as much as, wow, like I really have the opportunity to serve other people and show my service. They're viewing it as, oh, content or producing content makes me egotistical or the negative fear-based one versus if you're producing content that's in service of other people, you're actually showcasing what you write down on your resume. So when those people are asking you those questions when you're going into the different jobs and whatever, you literally can just show them rather than tell them. And that's something that I've thought about. Like There was no social media really when I was in college, like the way that it is now. So it was hacking back then was easier because it was a lot more of who you know. Exactly. And I mean, it's who you know today, but now it's more about not just who you know, but like, what do they know about you? And the methods that you're talking about get definitely get you in the door. So. Yeah. And not even to say like creating content or social media to like a specific vertical, I would say personal branding, like 
For example, in, uh, there's an introductory course called BA 101, Business Administration 101. That's where they teach you how to dress, what's business casual versus professional, all that good stuff. Maybe instead of that, maybe do like a personal branding 301, a three-hour class every week on personal branding. That would have been huge. You know what I mean? And make it more debate. Yep. Make it more of a conversation yeah. around personal branding. Because like one of the things, like I have a full sleeve now and I have hand tattoos yeah. and I like... I have molded myself into like what I am and that has actually benefited my career. It hasn't hurt it versus when I was in college, that would be seen as like a negative mark, just fall in line, wear the suit and tie, comb your hair rather than if we're talking in personal branding and like usually the people that become the bosses and the people that are running things have some type of quirk or something that makes them stand out, just right. like you're saying. So yeah. if you're listening to this and you want to be someone that is reaching this next level, you can't do the same thing as everybody else and expect different results. Yeah. That's one of the things that I always tell yeah. myself. So, And also just to make a point, you don't need to be an entrepreneur to have a personal brand. You know what I mean? Facts. Like, you can personal brand in the business world corporate world can take you far and i've seen that with my friends that have gotten into the top consulting firms top ib firms and you know of course i'm being very specific towards this question i don't think the necessary tactics that they utilized were something that they particularly learned in a classroom setting so yeah usually to finish on that point because you just hit the nail on the head like when I'm thinking corporations, like most of the people that are listening to this, like you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. It's for people that are really passionate about it. A lot of people can benefit from being in a corporation. However, the way that you stand out there is just like maybe you're a runner. Yep. Maybe on the weekends you give back and do service projects. Like you can talk about those and storytell in your interviews and with your managers about that because that highlights your leadership, your characteristics, like your work ethic, your grit. It highlights the different things that will make you a good employee and a great manager uh, and really serve your company, the one that you're working for, in a better manner. So next question, top two to three lessons you've learned from your time at UT that will apply to the rest of your life. Oof, okay. Now to flip the coin, what I've learned in school. Um, yeah, because I, I, yeah. I really wanted to contrast yes, it. Sir, I didn't yeah. want to like... I believe there's a huge benefit yeah. to university. I think a lot of people will listen to me and think I hate school because I talk negatively against it. No, I just think that it could be better yeah. as with many other things in life. And this is me trying to make it better by what didn't you learn? And now exactly. What, I feel like, yeah, we, we talk about one side a lot. And again, um, contrary to popular belief, I don't think, uh, you know, dropping out or not going to school right away is, is the right option. So, top two to three things um i feel like going to business school the subconscious etiquette and business um behavior and the demeanor that you go about and handling yourself in interactions and engagements whether it be in the corporate world or just being professional i feel like subconsciously whatever you pick up from going to the career fairs doing interviews i feel like that is an invaluable experience i would say you know what i mean because no matter what you say, like, let's say you're an entrepreneur in your blood and you don't want to go to the corporate world. If you completely skip that environment, you will miss out whether it be one or two things that someone that has a professional background that has a leg up on you. Like, for example, just email etiquette, how to dress, how to speak, how to wrap up an interview, what questions to ask, little things like that. I think go a long way. And like I said, like those are more subconscious things that you pick up by talking to your professors, being in class and, you know, doing all the things that come along with school. And again, from my context is business school. So I think that's definitely one thing. I think the environment really helped me. And it was amazing 
complementary skill to whatever I want to do as an entrepreneur. And then second thing, I think data analysis, financial modeling and data analysis. I think it's super, super useful. Even though Excel is boring, and I'm not an Excel ninja by any means. Like I have my friends in finance that are absolutely crazy with Excel. They barely use their mouse. I hear some people in investment banking cut off the wire to their mouse just so they can work with the keyboard. That's what I've heard <laughs> from some friends. But Excel, data analysis, financial modeling, amazing. And then let's see, the last thing I appreciate about college, I would say, not to be generic, but to see what college is meant for, and that is building your network. Like, for example, just to give another anecdote, this is my last semester. One year's gone in COVID. The past two years, I've been really busy, like, infiltrating the startup environment and, you know, hanging out with you and, you know, throwing our events that I haven't had the ability or chance to go into the Muslim community and my cultural community and give back there. So this semester, me and my roommate were na naming it Operation Infiltration. So we're just, <laughs> <laughs> we're just infiltrating the Muslim community. And, That's awesome. Uh, it's fun. It's fun meeting new people. Like the last four days, we just literally went to the first event, met someone, and then that one person brought us to all the other events. It's just like a spider web. So make friends, build connections, and that will be single-handedly the most invaluable skill that you take away is your networking ability and ability to make friends quick. I love that last one. And like when I think about my college experience, the thing that I would have added to your response is the ability to try a bunch of different things and fail at them. Because like when I look back, I wish I had tried more because there's half the stuff I don't even remember doing or, or trying. And those experiences where you can go to an event one night and then you can go to a completely 180 type of event the next day. Like you can go to like a frat one night and then yeah. you can go to like a prayer session the next day. <laughs> then you can go in the middle where it's like a non nonprofit type of yeah. event. Like there's so much going on and you have so much all in one little space. It's like a mini city. And yeah. that's really what I think one of the things that I went to a bigger college, I went basically to the UT of New Jersey and Austin really works for me because it was kind of like my college where it was like a big university, but like interconnected where it's a big city here, but everybody that's in this space kind of knows each other. And I really like that. Um, and if you really want to get on different projects and different things, you can do that. And I think it's cool to watch you step into this last phase of your collegiate career, because now you're kind of connecting the dots of like, who are you? Like the, who am I question? And then where can you serve others the most? Okay. And that's where the other day we were chatting about like, you're disciplined, super disciplined in some areas, but then not in other areas. And one of the ways I've seen you be super disciplined is in your religion. So if you're super disciplined there, how can you provide the knowledge that you've gained in the startup world and in the business world and entrepreneurial world to the communities that you're already disciplined in? And if you can do that, then it like kind of is like a happy marriage yep. between everything you're doing. So I just want to applaud you. And thank you. Man. We haven't even talked to you just, this was new to me that you were going to these different events and yeah, no, operation infiltration. <laughs> operation. That kind of sounds like you got to watch like where you're saying that. Cause in terms of like what I think about in college, just yeah. like <laughs> not good. Uh, we'll let you, whoever's listening, oh, to this, no. kind of put that in your own way. But like, yeah, I love it. Next question. If you could go speak to your freshman self, what would you say? Ooh, you got more time than you think. Ooh, unwrap that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Man, my dad and mom and my brothers used to tell me this, but I think it's something that you don't understand because it's it's kind of like in the future tense. They they said that 
of course, I mean, there's exceptions to this, but generally speaking, when you're growing up, you always have more time than you think because as you grow up, you will always be busier. You will continuously get busier as you grow up. And by busier, I mean addition of responsibilities, addition of like extra thoughts ruminating in your mind, uh, just extra shit that you need to worry about and think about. So what I would say to my freshman self is you have more time than you think. And whatever you're feeling like is burdening or um, stressing you out right now, it's only going to increase. So just pucker up, shut up and make the time to do whatever you want. And to piggyback off that, like, to make the time, I'm always preaching systems, <laughs> right? I get on you a lot for this. It's with more responsibility doesn't mean that you have to be busier. Exactly. It's 100% true that you're going to get more responsibility in your life. Like you're going to be making larger purchases, be building stronger and deeper relationships with people, and you're going to have a lot more risk on your decisions. Yeah. To maybe rephrase the magnitude of the responsibilities that come, increase. Increase. Yeah. And I, I like how you rephrase that because I think when the magnitude grows, people take that as a busyness factor and they never get out of like, okay, just because the magnitude grows doesn't mean that I can't systemize and lower the magnitude of everything. So it's like, how can you put some things on like autopilot so that you can handle the magnitude? And I think a lot of people let, when I think of the way that you thought about that, and maybe some other people listening to this will think the same way, you have more time than you think. I think a lot of people don't have time because they're worried about such small things that doesn't give them the time to think about the magnitude mm -hmm. of the bigger things. And that really hurts them in the, in the long run. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Hamza. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back into the conversation with Hamza Abdallah. What initially led you to seeking the entrepreneurial path? Because you came into college, like obviously a high achieving scholar, and you could go work at consulting firms and kind of work for any company you want if you put your mind to it. What kind of introduced you to this entrepreneurial path? And the reason I added this question in here for you yeah. is because if there's any other high achieving people out there that did take the Deloitte path or corporate job path and they're interested in getting into the entrepreneurial side, it's not too late. And just like Hamza just said, like 
you have more time than you think. So I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit of that story so maybe they can grab something from that and use it in their own life. Yeah, so you, you asked like what led me to the entrepreneurial path and how I recognize that. I'll start off by saying self-awareness. And honestly, I didn't call myself an entrepreneur even before I met you. I think I told you this like uh, one time coming into college, I was set on, you know, and even in high school, I was in a program called Homeland Security. My father being in the military, I was kind of set on joining the military or joining the FBI or joining the CIA. I'm really passionate about justice, fighting oppression and, you know, striving for equality and all those things and doing things for the better of people. But I think my method changed. You know what I mean? So I had one conception coming in. The mission didn't change, but the avenue and the tactics I want to use to get there changed and evolved. So I was self-aware about my mission for sure. Like I want to do all those things that I just mentioned. I'm you know, very passionate about justice and helping humanity. That's very broad. But in a nutshell, I want to help humanity. And the way I can do that by joining the FBI or military, that's one way. I said no to that path. That's a whole nother convo for another time, but became a business major. I thought I was going to do that in the corporate world, joined a few organizations, didn't like the environment, the mindset didn't align, and then you know found the world of entrepreneurship. I binged watch Shark Tank. The thing that drew me towards entrepreneurship was, I think, some innate abilities that I believe that I have, which is the willingness to take initiative and lead people and positively influence people to do good things. And especially, I think this is the biggest one, the curiosity to build things and the, and the passion for building things that move things forward. So building things, leading people, I just needed to find the right avenue to work towards my missions with those skills that I have. And what better way to do that other than doing it yourself and building something yourself. And then um, for those people that don't know, I used to do photography. I held a camera in my hand and that camera got me into so many places. So that like just in a step, like actually, I don't know if I told you, I applied for a McKinsey consulting internship the freshman year. I got rejected, was pretty bummed. And then a few weeks later, I met you. So in retrospect, I believe in God, everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? So if I didn't get rejected, I don't know where else I would be. I feel like I would be very complacent at that internship because my life would have been set after that. Um, but that just goes to show you that once you have self-awareness, once you identify what your big mission and purpose is, and then identify what skills you have to drive you towards that, the next step is just identify the avenue and the channel that you want to get there through. So mine was entrepreneurship. Don't worry, because I got rejected from Accenture. Yes, sir. You want to know why? <laughs> why? Because they asked me this one question. Why do you have a lot of A's and a lot of C's? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why not B's? <laughs> so one thing I did in college was anything I knew that I can get an A in that I was passionate about yeah. came easy. I would make sure I get an A. Everything else that I didn't think applied wouldn't spend any time doing it. And I would just take the C. I would get a 3-0 at that point. So if you're listening to this, like you just do the math and you get a 3-0. No, I had to keep a 3-0 for my scholarship. So... That's why, that's truly why, but I just blamed it on like I was an athlete and then like I would load up during the spring and like that would be a tough semester and then I would get A's during my kind of like lesser semester during my fall season. But really it was just, I kind of was strategic around what can I write off as C's and what do I know I'm going to get A's in because I'm like really passionate about this class and what I can do. But everything was so spot on with that and it kind of like, I want to riff off that because you mentioned you didn't even like know you were an entrepreneur yeah, and you didn't call yourself an entrepreneur. And 
this is another question I want to go down because there's a lot of people out there that don't even know that they are truly entrepreneurial because they look at social media and these other things and think like, I'm not like that, but they don't understand. It's like, it's a lot more than just wheeling and dealing on social media and, and building huge products. And it could be as small as like a lemonade stand or building an Etsy shop or taking photos for people on the weekend for 50 bucks a pop. Like you're an entrepreneur at that point. So when you say the word entrepreneur, like what do you define it as? And it can be whatever you want it to be if you're listening to this, but I want to know specifically for you nowadays, now that you've kind of grown out of all these different projects and things that you were doing, what would you define it as today? A full-time visionary and a part-time operator that strives to build solutions for existing problems. What about like you have Elon Musk? Yeah. Is getting to Mars a problem or not? Ooh, that's true. Mm, I haven't thought about that. And what solutions come from him trying to get to Mars? So if he's trying to get to Mars, what technological advances happen just because he's trying to get to Mars? Exactly, yeah. That can also yeah. then go down different silos into the car industry, healthcare industry, solar industry. That's true. See, the world of entrepreneurship and the, and the label entrepreneur, is, it can encompass anything that you want, but I think the parameters are that you have a very, very big appetite for risk, but the things that you want to build, I think your vision surpasses your boundaries of reality. I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but you used to say this in the car during our first three months of working together. You said, I knew I would be here, but I didn't know I would be here. Sort of like that, you know what I mean? Like entrepreneurs know where they're trying to go and they know that they'll get there, but they don't know how they'll get there or kind of in that <laughs> sense. It's almost like graduation day. Like when you enter college, like you know you're going to be walking across that stage. Yeah. But you don't know exactly who you're going to be standing next that's to. That's true, that's true. You don't know, is it going to be raining that day, sunny? You don't know who's going to show up to support you. You don't know the trials and tribulations that are going to happen through those four years to get you there. And it's the same thing with like a corporate job where you get raises and bonuses and you're leveling up and new offers. It's like, you can feel that you're going to get there that one day. Like the people that become the VPs, the presidents, the CEOs of corporations, they know from day one, they are, and that's how they get there. If you don't set that, yeah. if you don't have that foresight, you're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. And I love how you kind of put it that way. And I think one of the things that I think about when it comes to entrepreneurship, and this is what I love about you is skin in the game. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that say they want to do things, but when it comes to risk and like how you mentioned risk, like you literally were risking your future career path by doing some of the things that you're doing and like taking a summer internship with me <laughs> rather than going to those yeah. other places. And like when I saw that appetite risk, that makes me then fired up to invest more into you. And I think true entrepreneurs really have a good sense of who else is willing to take on that risk and ultimately put the mission, I love how you use the word mission, a mission above all else. Like I'm gonna make this mission happen. I don't know how it's gonna look, it's going to change all the time, Yeah, but it's going to happen. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I mean, you have your mission set in stone and the way you get there changes, but you have to be flexible with the tactics and how you get there. And yeah, man, I feel like <laughs> just to give another personal anecdote, I don't know how many students or fellow peers will be watching this. I might chop up some clips and put it on my YouTube or TikTok. I'm going to hold you but, to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But just to give another uh, personal anecdote, it's my last semester um, and I'm a finance major. I'm about to graduate. All my friends are recruiting 
they're doing interviews they're trying to get their jobs and i have no safety net i'm not i'm not going to the career fairs and i don't say this to seem egotistical there's absolutely nothing wrong with the other path it's just to show you and kind of convey to you that this is the type of risk that you take it's just merely another route that i'm taking I have no backup plan, you know what I mean? So no contingency plan. I feel like my degree is just a contingency plan. And over the past few months, another milestone in my life occurred. I think I spent more on myself than I have ever have. I spent almost like a tuition's worth of money into other coaches and consultants when uh, starting up this agency. So yeah, man, I even paid a guy $1,000 for one hour of his time. I never, I never thought I would do this, but that guy is literally one year older than me um, and runs a very successful seven-figure marketing agency. John Danes, free shout out. There you go. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Yeah, and man. that fire, again, talking about risk, talking about appetite, like that's what it takes to get to the next level. And some of the motivational stuff I'll listen to, they always say, burn the bridges. You can't That's go back true. then. You yep. gotta burn the bridge. You're back. Like, there's the no wall. other option. And and I love it. And it's awesome to see and just see the transgression over the years. Thank you, brother. What resources have been most helpful to you? Like just overall? Just like in general, when you think about over the past like four years of your life, what has been the most helpful to you? And if you can make it like a little bit like random because i think a lot of people don't realize that like some of the best resources are right under their nose and they don't even recognize it definitely having someone like you in in their corner so finding someone that's doing what they what you want to do and find a way to give them value in exchange for their time or mentorship so how do you get to that point so what would be the resource that led to that yeah uh the way I found you was through a social media marketing panel at UT. And the way I went found about that was putting myself in the necessary environments where I could make those connections. So that, again, leads back to like being self-aware and knowing where you're trying to go. Like when people say, I don't know what I want to do, I completely like understand you, but you know what you're trying to accomplish in life. You just don't know how you want to do that yet. So once you identify what you're trying to do with your life, then just find the necessary environments that you can put yourself into and then you'll meet the necessary people that can help you and then just uh, dig deep and find some way that you can help them and provide value to them because the relationship is a two-way street and then establish the connection. Making sure you're maximizing your environments is like a huge resource. Yeah, yeah. Communities is another resource. I feel like just by meeting you, met so many brilliant masterminds like Fayez and we're, we're close. So that's why I only name drop him, but there's several other people, man. You know what I mean? It would, if I start name dropping it, like other people would <laughs> say, why didn't you say my name? But it's just so many people that accumulatively have helped me get to where I am today. You know, like just the little interactions, the little conversations that we had in the DMS or in the person led to where I'm at. So mentor community, and can I say Google? <laughs> Google helps. I love. I yeah. You can say that. Just leveraging technology. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I have one more to add for you. When I thought about the question you answered earlier, we said you took a you had a camera that you use. So like a resource for you was a technology that allowed mm. you to provide value. So it doesn't have to be a camera for everybody, but it's like a skill. Yeah. A skill that you can help someone with. Like it can be designed. That's a or something. need. Like yeah. in the market. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it could yeah. be like, again, corporate job. What does your manager need? Or your, your PhD student, what do your, what do your peers need? What do your teachers need? 
find ways to acquire skills to help them and be valuable to them. Like immediately I can think of like, you know, professors and, you know, faculty staff, they might be working on research projects or something that they're working on and find a way you can aid them and then get those connections and get to the place that you want to go to. So I think, yeah, skill is a, is a resource, like in no way, shape or form do I want to be a full-time videographer or photographer. <laughs> I hate editing, uh, but I knew how to do it. Um, and I use that as a skill to start conversations and meet necessary people. So I think your skill, mentor and community. Boom. It's like the totem pole, baby. Yeah, sure. How have you handled stress of school and entrepreneurship combined? Damn, I don't think I still figured it out yet, man. <laughs> that's a good that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, man. I would be bullshitting if I said I, I found a good way to do it. Um like What's I'm, the difference between like the the first steps and then like I guess yeah, this yeah, year? Because yeah. like you're taking on a lot of risks this year, right? Yeah. So like three years ago I think that would have scared you a lot. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But now you seem a lot more calm, cool, and collected. Like how do you get to that point? Yeah, bro. I mean when when we met, like I was still caring about my grades, even like a year into like my entrepreneurship journey, I, I cared about my grades and there's nothing wrong about caring about your grades, but I feel like it's just about setting your priorities and just doing the bare minimum to get by. As for like entrepreneurs in school, just do the bare minimum, get by, do the requirements because you know that you're not necessarily going to use that. So right now I'm just doing the bare minimum to get by in my classes and using the spare time I have either to, you know, just work on systems, do sales or whatever I need to do. And uh, yeah, priorities, definitely priorities. Kind of follow the instructions that you have up here on the whiteboard, you know, systemize your life and do a pie chart, Excel sheet of your 24 hours in a day and then break down where you can optimize your time to work on the things that you want and then school. You just gave me a thought. In school, if you know, like, this is how business works. Like, if you know that if you give your 100%, you can get an A, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have to get the A, though. And that's what a lot of people trip themselves up because, like, school is a great learning environment. You can take the information and do what you want with it. But if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to use that information to figure out how to leverage it in your businesses. That's true. It doesn't mean you have to actually put the fo effort forth to go get that A. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of students that are growing up in this age that are conflicted because I'll talk to a lot of younger entrepreneurs and they're conflicted in the school environment because like, I get it. Like I had a scholarship. If you got to keep that 3.0, well, here's what I did. I got a 3.01. I, I literally <laughs> shit you not. Like I didn't go and try and get a 3.9. Like I knew I needed to keep a 3.0. I was like, how much energy do I have to expend to get that 3.0 to keep my scholarship? And that's it. Because all the other energy went into events, fraternity, sports, like leveraging the other skills that I could build to become a better overall human being rather than just some student. Yeah. So I feel you've like, done that a very good job of that. I think you. every year getting better and better. I appreciate you. And I feel like it's also a progression. Like while you were talking, I thought of it like if there's a way to kind of visually represent this, think of it sort of like a bar that's moving in opposite directions. Like this side, you have your certainty of what you want to do. And on this side, like your uncertainty of how valuable your degree is. And it's slowly like your uncertainty of, you know that your degree as an entrepreneur, of course, is becoming less valuable and you're <laughs> getting more sure of what you want to do. So you get to that point of you're like, fuck this <laughs> and I know what I want to do. So, and also here, here's like another tactical tip. Like, I mean, I'm brown, I'm Desi, I'm Muslim. Like, bro, if you don't get an A, you're not getting food <laughs> in the house. So the freshman year, I 
got two 4.0 semesters and then uh, sophomore year 3.8 3.7 and then I was kind of like started getting into that that bar started moving so at that point I started you know like just sliding a smooth sailing you know because if you work it off and set a good baseline then you can just have a chill senior and junior years where it really matters so and you proved you proved that you could do it yeah if you really had to and to that point like I kind of did the same thing. I, I think I started off with like three fives or something like that. And then I just started progressively putting my energy towards other things to build out a well-rounded skill set. And yeah, I think a lot of people, again, this doesn't just apply to college. Like if you're in a job you don't necessarily like, don't kill yourself 24 hours a day to maximize that job. Like maybe do what you got to do to pay your bills, but on the flip side of that you need to be looking at and spending time at what do you really want to do and where is that environment that you really need want to be on where you want to give 120 percent every single day because then it just is flow state hell yeah for all other graduates whether it's high school undergrad graduate school what are your recommendations to how they should approach the next step of their lives so this is anybody out there it could be med school it could be undergrad it could be high school they're stepping into another kind of arena of their life. And I think a lot of people struggle with this because you are like basically becoming a phoenix. Like there's no more big man on campus anymore. Like you got to start over. What steps are you taking to this new like world that you're preparing for? And what do you think everyone, what is something everybody could be doing to Mm. kind of prepare for that transition? Let me establish that I'm coming at it from a, more so I'm in the boat with you because I don't want people to think I'm, I've been through this already. I'm literally in the process of going through this. Uh, so what I'm doing right now is being really firm and staying true and steadfast to the things I believe in and holding those things and making constants in my life. So, for example, my faith and, you know, my religion have something that can back up your morale, that can back up your motivation. And on the days that you don't have motivation, If you have like a true belief system, I think that can almost help you weather any storm that comes your way and the uncertainty. So one, like stay true to your belief system, whatever it is. And then it's going to get scary, but your Instagram post kind of hit deep too. It was like just step, what did you say? Step into the unknown with comfort. With confidence. With confidence. So life, (laughs) life is a movie, right? A few of my friends are going to laugh at me for saying this, but life, life is a movie. Um, It's not, I mean, everyone says it's not about the end goal, but rather about the journey. So kind of like, if you think about yourself, like as a main character in a movie and like, you're figuring out what's going to happen next rather than worrying about what's going to happen next. I, I think that could help you too and help kind of ease your mental state. And then all the general stuff applies, like have a plan, have an objective, have a goal, have a blueprint, stay disciplined. I mean, that's my plan and that's what I'm planning on doing. You bring up an interesting point with the movie aspect. And what that makes me think about is movies are shot in frames, right? Like when you shoot a movie, you know what happens next. So if you're a person and you think of yourself as this main character, which I love, I'm actually going to probably write about this after this. What would you want that character to do in the next scene? So when you watch that scene, you're like, damn, that's a badass. I want to be like that person. Because you're you're only in the frame you're shooting right now, right? Really, the reality of it is we can only control what's right now. Yep. So if you have movie, if you have like kind of we have lights on here and (laughs) cameras on, so it's like kind of feels like it. But what do you want the person at the other end of that screen to see, to feel? 
Yeah. Two connections to this topic. Uh, one, the Kung Fu Panda quote, that scene where the panda is sad and the wise turtle comes and he says, the past, something about the past is gone and the future is not promised, but we call it the present because it's a gift. So boom, right right there. You know what I mean? The past Mic is, drop. Yeah, the past is gone. The future is uncertain. Is un, uh, it's not promised, but we call right now a, the present is because it's a gift and you have the present moment. So that's one. And the other connection is, I, uh, I think Joe Rogan was talking about in one of his episodes where he was like, think that there's a documentary crew filming your life every day. And how would you want that documentary to be? And I feel like you can draw a connection to that and the question of what do you want your legacy to be? You know what I mean? So how do you want people to view your documentary? You know what I mean? How do you want your documentary to look like? If you have a film crew following you around, are you really going to sleep in that one hour or wake up at 6.30 and do what you need to get done and, you know, work towards, you know, building and leaving your legacy? So I guess, what do you want your legacy to be and work towards that? Yeah, I love how you went down this path and it's such a cool way to kind of go about life. And the cool thing about both documentaries and movies is there's ups and downs. Yeah. So be patient with yourself and be okay with understanding that there are ups and downs to life that like no movie that we've ever been like, this is great. Doesn't have some type of issue or problem during it. If it's just all peaches and cream throughout the movie, we're like, what the hell is this? Exactly. Right. So your life is, is going to be the same way. There's going to be challenges, but the best movies out there are the ones that where it's people that decided to overcome those challenges. So Love that. I can't wait to uh, kind of look back on this. Yes, sir. It's going to be a little juicy. Panda bear. I haven't, I haven't heard Kung Fu Panda in a while. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> All right. We got two questions before we wrap up. Two more. Flash forward 10 years. What do you want your life to look like? And then the second part of this question is how do you intend to get there? Give us some practical tips. Fast forward 10 years. How old are you in 10 years? I'm 20 right now. <laughs> You'll be 30 years old. You'll be yeah. my age. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're so <laughs> far ahead, dude. You are so far ahead. Oh, stop Just let it, me man. get let me get right there. Like you are so far ahead. There is no obviously ahead or behind in, in the yeah. way life is, but in terms of the entrepreneurial journey and like figuring a lot of stuff out about thank life, you, you are uh, on the right path. And thank you. And credit, I got to give credit where it's due. I appreciate you for being a huge monumental part in that. But okay, in ten years, I'll be thirty. Uh, what do I want my life to be like? I have a, my, my parents are financially stable. Um, and that is possible by me having a cash flowing, very successful business where I can take care of my lifestyle and allow and enable my family to live a lifestyle where, where like however they want. So that's taken care of. Basically in 10 years, I want to be in a state where I have the capital to take care of my family and fund ventures and endeavors that moved me towards that overarching goal of helping humanity and fighting oppression and establishing justice, all those things that I talked about. If I have the capital, I can do that. You know what I mean? People think it's voodoo to talk about money, but if you don't have capital, capital is what we were talking about during quarantine. Like Capital wealth is a vehicle to move whatever you're working on forward, move your mission forward, and it amplifies who you are. So uh, I want to fund whatever we have going, whatever we're building, Thrive on Life and helping other aspiring entrepreneurs, helping small time or growing entrepreneurs, starting humanitarian projects in Bangladesh and the Middle East, 
and helping in any way that I can. I can't. I don't even know how I plan on helping in ten years down the road. But I know that if I have money, if I have a platform that I have built for myself, that with an audience base that respects me and that I can positively influence and serve, then I feel like anything is possible. I, it's just about acquiring capital and the platform to do so and enact change. I think those two are the biggest drivers of change. So in ten years, I want to be there. So. I'm going to further this question. So we, I, I talked about giving some practical steps. Yeah. So you're not going to know 10 years from now, but you mentioned acquiring capital. What sets you up for success to be able to have capital or acquire capital from other people, let's say, even just a year from now, five right. years from now, right? seven years from now? In, in my personal life, like what I'm doing? Yeah. What, what would set you up for success? Because a lot of people don't understand that like, Man, two or three years can make a hell of a difference. So what could you do right here to then establish yourself to be able to acquire that capital yeah. a lot sooner than a lot of people out there listening to us could potentially think? Yeah, I think after right after I graduate will be one of the most important periods of my life. Like from next year, basically 2022, 2022 uh, will be very important. So the next two years, I need to go really hard into the marketing agency that I'm building and like you said, people underestimate what they can do in, in a few years. So I'm thinking of my life in six to 12 month blocks. So I feel like in the next six months, I will hit a certain income goal. And then it's about multiplying. Once I reach that certain milestone I have right now, then it's about taking that capital and finding avenues of multiplying that. So that capital factor and uh, criteria is taken care of. And then uh, simultaneously, anything that I do, whether it be creating content like this, putting content out, writing blogs, helping people, throwing events, building communities, infiltrating communities, joining <laughs> communities, um, and helping them. I think that's what I can do immediately right now to work towards that. So real life example, joining the Muslim community right now to figure out a way that I can help them. And then side by side, I'm working on the business right after I graduate and during school, while I'm in school. I think like the biggest thing on today's podcast and this recording is is you really talking about going into the communities that are right in front of you yeah. and and seeing where you can help because i think it's such a especially in today's day and age everyone's pointing the finger in so many different directions at so many different types of people and environments without realizing that like they're not really doing much like they're not helping at all so you can't really say much unless you're doing a lot and one of the things that I think you've grown in a lot of ways over the years, and we discuss this a lot, is even from a younger age, you've wanted to help. But if you're listening out there right now and you think that there's no way for you to actually make an impact, you're wrong. And that's where it starts with your house. Create a happy home first. Then go help your neighbors. Then go help one degree outside your neighbors. Then help your whole neighborhood. Then help beyond your neighborhood. Then help your zip code. Like if you look at it like that, like there's so many people running around trying to change the world that don't even live in a happy home. And I think for you, you've always mentioned family and stuff like that. So like you're already rooted in like making sure that your home is, is correct and everything is in line there and your faith is there. And it's just one step at a time outside of that. And a lot of times we've talked about like being patient yeah. with that process because you are only 20. I am only 30 versus a lot of people be like, oh my God, I'm, 
I'm graduating and I haven't hit all these goals that I had like at school or if I'm 30, I had already imagined being a millionaire or being Forbes 30 under 30 and I didn't hit it. It's like, stop looking at what you didn't and look at more of like what you've done. And I think what I'm grasping just from being in your presence is you're now looking at like, okay, what do I have in front of me and how can I take advantage of that? And by advantage, I don't mean like abuse. Yeah, I yeah. mean like utilize yeah. to my best ability to make an impact. So it's super cool 100%, to see that. Baby. Thank you, man. No, I appreciate it. And that again goes back to like having like a firm belief system. Like I'm Muslim and uh, exactly in the order that you kind of mentioned it, that's what Islam teaches. Like first, you know, there are people that have rights over you. You know what I mean? As in like you have responsibility for your family and then your neighbors and then your community and so on and so forth. So I mean, also just like not to get too religious, but in the Quran, there's one very important verse. It says, before you try to change a nation, you must change yourself first. And I feel like that can apply to our current state in the U.S. and in the world as well. Uh, before we try to go change the whole world, uh, purify yourself and change yourself first before you try to change others. I love that. And that's where we connect on a lot of different areas. And for people listening out there, I can look in so many different ways. Because like for me, I'm a huge advocate for health and health and wellness and, yeah. and personal health because like you can't pour from an empty cup. So I think there's just a lot of people, a lot of angry people out there right now and a lot of people that aren't taking care of their own personal health. And if they were healthy and happy, like ultimately like we would yeah. get more done and it'd be a, a better place to live. But we're getting close to wrapping up. Yes, sir. I finished my questions, man. You absolutely crushed this. Appreciate like, you, brother. I guess uh, off the cuff, what are you looking forward to most the last half of this year? So we're entering September. We got four months left of 2021. Yeah. What is firing you up? You just got back to school this week. Yeah. So outside of like business and like all the school stuff, like yeah. ultimately as a human being, what is really like inspiring you and have you motivated? Yeah, man. I think kind of like I view my life in kind of like chapters in a book and you know, I, I asked this question to my parents and also was talking about it with my friends. I'm in, in the last chapter of my college life. So um, I was, you know, I was talking with them. I was like, either I can go very hard and try to attain like a certain business milestone. Yeah, I might make money, a lot of money, and I'm going to be set by the time I graduate. But then again, like I'm losing. I, I will lose and I will not fully experience and enjoy a period of my life where I have an access to a huge amount of people, diverse people. Um that can open up so many opportunities and experiences for me. So either I can lead a moderate styled lifestyle for the next few months and enjoy and uh, strive for experiences and connections and relationships, or just kind of like hold down and, you know, work on stuff. And my friends and my parents were like, you're only 20, you have time to do that. And it's not like your brain is leaving your body. So if that doesn't work, you will always figure out a way to do that. But these next four months last four months of college, not getting that back. So I feel like my main priority is being spontaneous, making connections and making new friends and just reconnecting with old ones. Yeah. It's a hell of a wise response right there. Thank you, bro. Heck yeah. Yes, sir. It's been a pleasure. As always, I always kind of give a, my biggest takeaway and it's funny you, you brought it up again to end here. The biggest takeaway I had is like, you all, you have time. Um, what your parents said. And I think that's something that a lot of us, in, in my life personally, that hits home a lot because I got married three years ago and a lot of people, they get married, they buy the home, they have the kid, like it's all in like succession and yeah. just, 
rather than taking a step back and be like, like we have time to have kids, we have time to do all these other things. Like, what is it that I personally want to achieve and personally want to do and places I want to see? So that hit hits home a lot. And it's anybody that's listening that's more towards my age of the spectrum or older, let's say you're my parents, I get on them because like they just retired. And I'm like, you guys have so much time like, cause they're just like, oh, we're getting old. And I'm like, nah, like you got 20 years, go travel. Like yeah. they're starting to, like they got one RV. My dad's planning to potentially have a business for that RV and then get a second one. It's like, you have so Mad. much time. He just bought a ho- another house and he's going to like rehab the house. And I think a lot of people out there don't realize they're always looking at like how much time they wasted or the regretting things rather than being like, how much, how can I get in that present and yeah. view it as a gift? And like, what can I do with the 24 hours right now? And then- just make the most of that. So I appreciate you bringing that up in this podcast. Shout out to your parents for for dialing that in for you. Before we wrap up, is there anything left you got to say? Nah, man, I don't want to ruin this mic drop. (laughs) I'm going to just leave it up. Hell yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, this was a conversation with Hamza. He's one of my best buddies here in Austin. And again, I'm just super proud of you and can't wait to continue working and striving together to make this world a better place. Do what we do best. If you're listening to this, I've been saying on every podcast, if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review. It's the best way to help Hamza get more ears on his episode and then also drive more traffic to this podcast. As well as if you know anybody that would be a great guest or somebody that should connect with us, we are super down to help other people and collaborate with other people. So please reach out to us. But until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.